Good morning. Happy Monday to you all. I am the host of Star Trek Jurations, Jack Tracy, and I'm here to tackle the back end of season one of Voyager with some additional zhuzhes. Last week, I tackled, I think, seven episodes of the first season, uh, zhuzhing two of them. I um, zhuzhed time and again to make the uh, Prime Directive issue a little more meaty and a little more conflicting. And... um, I burned ex post facto with fire because matter of perspective was better and we didn't need this. And as I announced last week, um, the hot wife to gross old scientist who's a workaholic is a bellwether for a bad Star Trek episode. No more. Subplot about the weather... Looking at you, let he who is without sin, sub Rosa, and who knows what else. Oh, storyteller, kinda. Um, bad weather, no, not a good Star Trek episode. Hot wife, gross old scientist, no. So we're going to come up with another one in the back half of Voyager. Um, today I'm going to be zhuzhing, which of course means to make something more attractive or basically I'm going to I'm going to fix the stinkers. I'm going to de-stink some of these episodes and I am reviewing or I'm running through Prime Factors, State of Flux, Heroes and Demons, Cathexis, Faces, Jatrell and Learning Curve. Last week I had two judges, this week I got three. The season really goes downhill. I feel like in the the back half. Um, If you subscribe on Patreon, if you are a patron of this podcast, uh, www.patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, you are seeing my pretty face um, video version of this podcast. Um, You are getting invited to watch parties so we can watch these stinkers together and talk about them. Uh, you're getting the episode early, so you've already heard this. Um, so lots of great benefits. Please help, uh, support this podcast if you like it. Uh, the membership tiers are quite inexpensive, um, comparatively. So, um, if you would buy me a cup of coffee once a month where we, uh, to talk about Star Trek, then consider doing the uh, corollary of that by subscribing to the Patreon. Okay, enough housekeeping. Let's get into this because we've got a lot to talk about. Okay, so overall love for the back half of season one. Engineering team, engineering team, love it. Love the camaraderie, love the Maquis versus Starfleet thing, that that seems to be the place on the ship where we're showing that conflict or or I like it. I like I love Seska. We're going to talk a lot about Seska. Uh Carrie I'm not sure if Hogan has showed up yet. I think he has. Um all of them. I like them all. I like the I like everything to do with that storyline. I even wanted more of it. Um 
Speaking of Seska, I love the development of Seska becoming the villain of the series. It should have been more. That could have really given much more um, of a through line and develop something to really center around in season two. They didn't do it enough. More Seska. Um, the return of the Vidians and Faces, truly horrifying episode. I mean, they, they, they skin <laughs> that red shirt and uh, wear his face, uh, Silence of the Lamb style. Uh, wild. Uh, the, the Vidians are truly frightening. I think in a way that few Star Trek episodes have been able to in- introduce a villain that you were really like, oh, I am weirded out and very disturbed by this. Um, I love it. Uh, Faces has some problems, but um, the Vidians are great. I love when they're back. Um, the latter half of the season starts the slow redemption and likability of Neelix with that great Jatrell episode. It gives uh, Ethan Phillips a really great episode for for acting purposes. Um, You know, it's a bit of duet from DS9 because, again, Voyager loves borrowing (laughs) from other mostly better TNG episodes, and Voyager only really becomes great when it has an original concept, I feel. Year of Hell, Eye of the Needle, uh, a lot more. Um, And we'll get to them as we get to them. I also love, I really think this season is quite Balana heavy and we sort of start to lose her. Obviously, in season four, the actress was pregnant, so she disappeared for a little bit, and... They threw a coat on her because we love we love a Starfleet Starfleet coat to hide a pregnant lady. <laughs> love it. I wonder if all the women had pre-made lab coats or engineering coats with pocket protectors. It was strange and obvious. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know what else they could have done, but still. Um, I mean, DS9 at least did it interesting by uh, making Kira pregnant. That that was interesting. Um, maybe they ran out of coats. Uh, and also the Doctor's evolution. This is really the start of it. Kess suggesting he should have a name. Him getting out of the holodeck. His sort of growth as an individual uh, in Heroes and Demons, which is a zhuzh. I know people like this episode. I do. All right, overall, judges for this season, uh, for this this back half of the season especially, man, does it end on a fart. It ends with a fart <laughs> learning curve. Now, uh, Jack, uh, they saved, because um, again, you're all Kermit to me for some reason. The, the well, actually, uh, Star Trek fans, um, well, uh, actually, the... Um, they saved four episodes uh, for the second season. Yeah, don't tell me that because guess what was supposed to be the season finale? The 37s. Uh, let's do the neutral zone again, but like, just as bad? No, don't give me that. Bad, bad. The end of season one. 
the season finale, if you're not just saying they needed a different episode, you make State of Flux a two-parter, ending with Seska's disappearance and doing the beginning of the second season, her joining up with the Kazan, blah, 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 blah. That would have been a great season one, season two. Again, I love basics, and I love Seska, so of course that's where I was going to go. The conflict between the Maquis and Starfleet was not enough. Um, Honestly, it's them redoing Starfleet Bajorans. I've talked about this before. You've got your discarded TNG episodes. Right. That's, That's most of the issues with season, the back half of season two. It carries on the problems of the front half of it. And these problems start to fade in seasons two and three, which are certainly stronger than season one. But look, if you're looking at Deep Space Nine season one and TNG season one and Voyager season one, Voyager doesn't fare too badly, right? Now, maybe if it would have been a full season, you would have had like 11 more stinkers. Um, 11? 26 episodes? 24. I forget. Um, But... As it stands, I mean, certainly better than TNG season one in terms of the the conflict and the writing and the characters. DS9 may, may be equal. Um, maybe. I don't know. I think Deep Space Nine season one is an, maybe the next season of this podcast. We'll see. Or maybe we'll do the season ones and we'll do DS9 and TNG. Enterprise was four seasons of a season one um all right so let's start with the good go to the bad and then judge so the good prime factors it's great uh sicarians are a bit boring but um the tuvok balana being bad together the engineering conspiracy it's all about going home that's great why Say it with me, because it inherently stems from the premise of the overall show being lost in the Delta Quadrant. It's great. It's a, per- it's a solid episode with great performances and interesting turns that Tuvok was working with them to get the thing. And then Janeway dressing him down. All of it. Great, 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 great. State of Flux should have been part one of a two-part season finale season premiere. I love the setup of Seska. I love the reveal. Great. This had all the makings of setting up a stronger season two story arc with Seska. Here's what I don't like. Seska be man crazy in a way that makes her kind of pathetic. I think... It's fine for her to have a romantic attachment to Chakotay and a more interesting uh, and way that makes her less, like, two-dimensional horny lady um, would be the conflict between her being a spy on the ship, the Maquis manipulating him with sex while in the Maquis. Maybe she has some flashbacks but falling in love with him as she did it. And it being actual, like, love, instead of, they kind of paint her as obsessed. Like, she's a little more, um, I will not be ignored, you know, fatal attraction, than she is conflicted. 
So I would have liked to have seen that. Um, maybe her scheme in the episode with the Kazon technology, something happens and Chakotay is injured. And that brings her conflict of whether... It, she doesn't give a shit about the Voyager crew and she hates fucking Janeway. But the fact that her scheme ended up in causing collateral damage to Chakotay sets her up with a conflict. And ultimately, she chooses the dark side, of course. Also, more direct conflict between Seska and Janeway. Maybe a Seska-Janeway conversation in the way she had a couple with Belana that Seska is like, fuck you. <laughs> she just does not, she's not responsive to it at all. Um, and because they set her up as the foil for Chakotay and not for Janeway. Janeway's kind of a, 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 a B character when those two should have been set up. Seska should have been a dark mirror of Janeway, just obsessed about getting home, but by any means necessary. And then setting them up as the villain pairing with the Chakotay side of it being Seska's conflict and not wanting to hurt him. And, and, but, and not giving a shit about anyone else. Um, maybe Belana. I don't know. But there was so, it was so juicy. Martha Hackett is such a great actress. The character was great. Um, I'm doing a whole episode on Seska when I finish season three. I have some ideas. Stay tuned. Okay. Um, other good faces is good because the Vidians are terrifying. Roxanne Dawson's performance in this is a little, it's a little um, over the top. I personally found maybe that's a matter of perspective. I love Bellana. I love Roxanne Dawson. I don't know if this was her strongest showing. Um, and the idea of it, of them being separated, like here's a Klingon you and a human you, fine for story, but a bit absurd. Like, it's a bit absurd. It would have made more sense if they basically suppressed her human genes, asserted her Klingon genes instead of pulling them apart. Um... And, and done the conflict some other way. Yes, you would have to sacrifice frail human Balana, who's acting like Data when he gets the emotion ship in Generations, but I'm okay with that sacrifice to get rid of this sort of stupid two Balanas, evil twin Balanas. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, removing that man's face, terrifying. Um... Jatrell, standard Star Trek episode, another, you know, I, I said duet, which is a better version of this. Love, of course, the, the guest actor who appears all over Star Trek. Um, gives Neelix more empathy, empathy towards Neelix as an audience, develops his character more. I really like it. Um the fact that he is so cheery when he's had such a horrible life and the things that have happened to him, I feel like could have been more better drawn out throughout the whole series to make him a bit like, 
to make the audience feel a bit sad for him that like he paints on a smile despite losing his whole family and like all these terrible things that happened to him and he he you know puts on the jolly to to make it through I think that could have been stronger for him. But this is a great Neelix episode. It's a good... The only thing, you know, critics on the internet said that Neelix accepts, like, turns too quickly to, like, forgive Jatrell. Maybe just make it a little more begrudging. But I really don't have the problem with the episode. All right. So those are the ones that, you know, tweaks here and there, but are overall pretty great. Heroes and Demons, Cathexis, and Learning Curve. All right, let's go in order. Because it's pretty much, I think, honestly, I think Cathexis is the most salvageable. Heroes and Demons needs a lot more work. Learning Curve, possibly just get rid of it. So let's start with Cathexis. Okay, so this is um, Spirit Chicote is making his way through the healing wheel. <sighs> I didn't really do the research on whether this was an aspect of them being true to Native American heritage or the fraud surfacing himself. So I I don't know, but in the context of the episode mad hokey mad spirit because the fact that this happens to Chakotay kind of makes his beliefs in like his val his his cultural identity in connecting with ancestors and spirits by turning him into this like spirit and adding the healing wheel piece it kind of cheapens it feels like a stereotype again it feels like a bad representation, but I'm not a Native American person, so maybe it was a great representation. I- I'm not qualified to speak on that. I can just tell you how I... It didn't sit right. Um, it's a bad next phase, you know? It's a bad next phase, because you actually don't see him. He's just a ghost. He's a ghost. I mean, put him in a candle and have him fuck Beverly at this point. Um... Right. So here's... Also, it was the introduction... I think the introduction or just a highlight of uh, Janeway's Lucy Davenport stuff. I mean, they really never committed to a holodeck adventure, you know, or a holodeck theme, right? Because you got... Stupid French Bistro, which disappears. Luau, which disappears. I don't know if they had another one after that. Um, and again, Voyager should have been conserving energy and not had this. I guess they were trying, again, borrowing. They were trying to do a Vic Fontaine casino always open D Space Nine thing. And that's probably before Vic Fontaine. Fact- that's probably before that showed up in Deep Space Nine chronologically. So I guess D Space Nine probably took it from Voyager or just shared the the concept. Um, but yeah, I, I get it, but it's just, it wasn't done well. Um, so, so now, and then she goes from Lucy Davenport to Da Vinci. Oh, when she flies on that flying machine, 
Jesus. Uh, oh, oof. I'm, I'm making the Picard meme right now with my head in my hand. For those of you not on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Trek Shush, you can see me actually making the meme talking about flying with Da Vinci on a plane. Um, um, the Lucy Davenport stuff could have been more interesting if it was exploring the fact that Janeway has no desire to have children of her own, but whatever curiosity or itch she has for it, she is is exploring it on the holodeck. Not to make her like, <sighs> I mean, I love being a Starfleet captor, captain, but I'd give it all up to be a mommy. Not that. But a more nuanced, interesting exploration of Janeway's um, feeling towards motherhood, if any, I think could have been a more useful of the Lucy Davenport stuff. But, the okay, here's how I think the general fix to it is. Sure, the Com- Comar, you know, I don't know if that's his name or if that's the species, displacing the neural energy and, you know, it's power play. You know, taking over things to do things. I like that. I like the body hopping. It feels like the adversary from Deep Space Nine, which is a great episode where you can't trust because it's the shapeshifter. Suspenseful, interesting, you know. It's like a game of Mafia, if you've ever played Mafia. It's like, who, which one of you is the murderer? Oh, you know. Except it's, it's traveling between people. Love it. Here's what I think you do. Instead of making Chakotay the general floating space ghost, you make it so that when Komar inhabits you, it bas- rather than like Warlord and other episodes and power play where it suppresses you and you're in there, it pushes you out. Like it does. Your neural energy is out. And maybe it has some sort of... Um, capability to do something because like think of it like this there's some the neural energy of komar is like it's not encased in a body but it's encased in some sort of either magnetic field or some stupid science explanation for how it's able to like operate as a consciousness and like interact with things and it's basically you trade so he goes into a body you go into that so that when it's hopping, the consciousnesses of different people are now out trying to do things. So I guess I'm saying make everybody a floating space ghost at some point so that, you know, I don't know. I think that would have been a little more probably complicated to show, especially since you don't see them. You'd have to make them interact with panels, not Move the stones on the healing wheel. <laughs> anyway. Good suspense, interesting concept, different play on something done so many times, ta- alien possession. But that's how I think you make it a little less cheesy. All right. We further down the zhuzhing well to um, heroes and demons. Okay. It's just corny. And bleh. The, the whole thing of the Doctor's growth and evolution, love it. No notes. 
Like the concept, like that we're doing it here, like that it's his away mission is the holodeck because that's the only place he can go right now. Like it. Harry missing. Put a bell on Harry. Um, eh, just yet again, Harry missing. Um, the, the, I don't know, just, just the fish out of water thing in the Beowulf universe. And I don't, Cupid was better. This is bad. And you know what? Trek Culture, where Sean works, former co-host of the podcast, made this thing about this list of bad... It was like TNG episodes everyone hates. Cupid? Cupid's great. Vash is great. What were they talking... That list was wild, to the point where I messaged Sean and I was like, who did this? The worst characters in Star Trek. Luoxana Troy. She's fun. (sighs) She's annoying. She's supposed to be annoying. She's fun. Anyway, we're talking about Voyager. Heroes and Demons. All right. So here's what I want to do to add depth to this run-of-the-mill, you know, fight the bad guy. It's just, it's just, it's just basic. It's just a basic episode where they wanted to do a period piece. Here's how I think you do it. You know there's an alien on the holodeck early, okay? But you don't know that the experiments being done in engineering with the protostar stuff are the aliens, right? Because that's also like timescape, floating things in the the quantum artificial singularity. It's also... Oh, evolution. The nanites are alive. It's also... um, um, data dodging mining laser, you know? Oh, the little glowy crystals are alive. There's a lot of that. I mean, that's through. I mean, I could name 20 more. Um, but, okay. So we get to actually see Harry hanging out and playing on the holodeck. Something weird goes on in the program. Maybe one of the characters is like, you know how Data in thine own self opens his mouth and makes that weird noise because he's malfunctioning? Something like that. There's a character like creepy and doing weird things and this and that. And Harry, they piece together that this is an, an alien has is using the holodeck to try to communicate. So it's a first contact situation, right? And it's, becoming increasingly hostile, which leads to the the disintegration and abduction of Harry and whoever else. Um, also, before this even happens, and maybe he witnesses it when it starts happening, the doctor goes to the holodeck. It's something they've already established he can do. And he was in he goes to like check in on Harry because he didn't get his medical exam or something. And he's there And there's some conversation about how the doctor just, he doesn't like holograms on the holodeck. They're lesser because they don't know they're holograms. And he's actually kind of shitty towards them and has a real attitude about these like lesser form of hologram. You know, adds to his egoism and all of that. Um, 
Kim some sort of like, you're, look, you're amongst your people, kind of being shitty, and him being like, I am above the, this fantasy, your shitty programmed holograms. I am programmed with blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, but anyway, the first contact situation is going on. Kim gets abducted. Uh, we see maybe the doctor's there when all this happens. We see that basically the doctor is the only one the alien can't do the abduction too, which leads to why he's going to solve the problem. Keep the problem the same, all of that, and then the reveal being, oh, we've got to give back the samples because that's the issue. They've abducted our young timescape. That. Um, And to add weight, his relationship with, doctor's relationship with Freya I want him trying to make her sentient. He wants a peer. He wants a friend. Maybe even take the romantic side out of it. He wants a friend. And he does not relate. He's kind of got Kess, but he wants another hologram like him. And he's trying to get her to realize she is a hologram and maybe she can achieve a level of of awareness so that he can. And you could have a reference to it's happened before. Moriarty, you know, they were able to do that. Um, because, he, you know, he has tapped into the ship's computer. He'd know about all that. Maybe he's trying to do that. And it's only when there's some small indication that it might happen that not killed by another character, but the alien finds out a way to disintegrate the doctor. And she gets it. And her program's obliterated, and her program's obliterated, and he'd have to... And maybe the end of the episode is they reconstruct, but it's not the same. Uh, like a minuet, right? It's not the same. And he abandons this idea. He can't make a character on the holodeck, whatever. The, the Moriarty thing was a fluke, and blah, blah, blah. Um... Yeah, I think that just gives more weight, a little more sadness, a little more... um, It's already a great Doctor episode in terms of theme and performance, of course, but I think this would just add to it to make it a more memorable, better episode. And that brings us to Learning Curve. Yeah, it was the season finale. It's a real shit season finale. Everyone agrees with that. Um, I already told you what I think it should have been. And I already told you that don't give me, well, lift the four episodes of season two, 37s. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. That is bad. It's possibly worse than this. If it ended on 37s, I mean, that's just a complete TNG ripoff. Complete. Because that was the season finale of TNG. Didn't work then. Doesn't work now. Um, Mind blown. Okay. So, also, I have two words for you. And and we come to the podcast where I now give you another bellwether for a bad Star Trek episode. If anything involves this, if a Star Trek episode in a B-plot involves this, skip it. You know it's a bad episode. And that's bad cheese. Bad cheese. 
The B plot is bad cheese. I I don't think I have anything else to say on that. The B plot is bad cheese. I think we can all agree. That's that's not a good idea. Anyway, bad cheese. Okay, so what's what is from this episode is a salvageable concept for a season finale. If you don't do what I said, which is take state of flux and make that the season finale, is the conflict over the integration of the Maquis and Starfleet crew. First off, this is a ba- bad lower decks episode. Like the TNG, not the series, which is the series is incredible. Few notes on that series. Uh, the, the TNG episodes, which is also great. Love that. It's a great TNG episode. Interesting. Um, don't do that. Make the conflict between the main cast. Some some inciting incident, either interpersonal in the ship or something they do that really brings it to a head. Something really bad that ends if a, with a season cliffhanger of the Maquis deciding to get back on the Valjean and leave. Now, I don't know if at this point the Valjean has been destroyed. I don't think so, because they use it, I think, in a season two episode, a Kazon episode unclear um yeah i don't think it's been destroyed they still have it so yeah end with them being like i'm leaving right so that the the coming back together in the first episode of season two that's a great two-parter that's a great concept um and you can make the failure of the gel packs an A story, and maybe put the conflict somewhere around that, or the resolution somewhere around that. And instead of bad cheese, make it that it's an inherent design flaw in the ship. The ship was upgraded with this sort of technology right before it left D-Space 9 because of having to go to the Badlands. It didn't have time to really do a proper shakedown cruise, and it don't work. It doesn't work. And they have to come up with a way to either gut it or fix it. And I don't know. That could create some sort of conflict in the choice. I don't know how you do it. But, right. So we remove the bad cheese. Um... I also think this could have been more... Because I think I wanted more Tuvok, Chakotay, you know, butting heads. Um, Which is interesting because that could create a conflict with Janeway of her. Like, Tuvok is my old friend, but I need to make this work with Chakotay. And I've been, over the course of nine months, I've been getting more... Like, I have far more respect for him now, and that kind of puts Janeway in the middle, which I find it would be an interesting dynamic for them. Um, Right. Maki comes up with some inventive, unconventional way to fix it that is some, like, it's against procedure, we can't do it. Maybe that's not the conflict that makes them go away, but that's maybe how the Maki combines 
back. Maybe Voyager is then crippled because it's having this massive issue, and Balana feels compelled to go back and fix it, even though there was some major conflict which the Maquis left. Um, and that reintegrates the crews in showing how when they work together, they're better off together, better together, all that, all that stuff. And they can work through their differences. Um, yeah. Get rid of the, get, get rid of the lower decks people. Make them maybe part of the, maybe they're just the inciting conflict. It's them versus Starfleet and they get into a real, a real pickle. No bad cheese, just pickles. Um, right, Tuvok's redemption was okay, but let's let's put it in a different context. With him, you know, he helped the Maquis before and went against protocol. Maybe Ty, um, um, I'm forgetting the episode name. Prime factors Tuvok plotline into this plotline. Um, he's even more reticent to do it the Maki way because he got dressed down from Janeway before. I don't know. There's a lot of, I, there are a lot of ideas in there that don't involve bad cheese, right? And bad, bad guest actors as a shitty Lower Decks ripoff. And I mean, you already took Tarek from Lower Decks and made him Vorik. I already, I already talked about that. We'll talk about it again. I'm not going to let that go. But I am going to let you go because this is the end of our episode. Hopefully you have enjoyed um, Bad Cheese and all. The Bad Cheese stands alone. All right, we're done with cheese. Uh, join me next week. We start veering into season two which is a marked improvement from season one but definitely plenty of things to fix i've got to go through the episode list i don't know how many podcast episodes it really depends on how many i identify to zhuzh so that will it'll at least be two episodes of the podcast possibly three or four we'll find out so uh join me next week um don't need any bad cheese and um If you ever become a floating space ghost, make sure you have your healing wheel.